Welcome to E-Commerce Matters. E-Commerce Matters is the UK's first e-commerce pricing podcast brought to you by Black Curve. Each episode explores how retailers and digital marketers within e-commerce can better understand competitor pricing and use pricing insights to improve their digital marketing performance. This is episode 39 entitled Pricing in 2023. I'm Philip Hothwaite, founder and CEO at Black Curve. I'm joined by Dr. Rob Horton, Chief Product Officer at Black Curve. Chief, 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 he's just been promoted. <laughs> Let's get pricing. That took me back. (laughs) I haven't played rugby for about 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Chief, 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 chief. Um, So, Rob, so I thought today in this episode, we'd effectively look back at the last, well, eight podcasts recorded this year. Um, We've done more, but we've we've published uh, published eight. So um, because I know you like a stat, you know, that that's one podcast recorded if i can say podcast one podcast recorded yeah. every 1.25 months would you believe so you've had to deal with me for an hour at least just over once a month poor you <laughs> just just we only interact on podcasts yeah we don't talk any other time that's <laughs> <laughs> um, all we do now <laughs> i haven't um, got the stat of how many times we've spoken uh, in the last year i'm sure I'm sure Google at Calendar least that. <laughs> at least double that. I should hope. I should hope so. Um, so, in terms of today, I thought we would essentially discuss some of the highlights of our conversations of those last eight podcasts. Um, discuss some of the highlights. Maybe um, you know, go and go peel back the onion a bit and 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 refresh um, some of the talking points from from those podcast episodes, and um, and then you know refresh and take a look of reflecting back of 2022 what do you think are going to be you know the key pricing themes for 2023 and what should retailers be looking to do in next year to to really get their pricing game up how does that sound today yeah sounds good okay good stuff good stuff um so if i look back back in february it was i can tell you the exact date no i can't because uh the 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 view that i've got just says february 2021 the others have got the date i don't know why spotify is not telling me that but but anyway um it was no it actually was february the 9th and I uh i got the date you've got the date oh, sure um, february the 9th and that was episode 31 entitled unlock improved cpa with pricing and we had a bit of a hiatus didn't we um uh from from podcasts and um and we came we you know we came back and we recorded this and this was actually done in person so so that was a bit of an odd experience uh, probably for both of us wasn't it yeah that was wild there was a lot of table balancing going on <laughs> so so if uh, if if you want to go and look at the um there's behind the scenes videos of uh, of us uh recording it um it was quite a precarious <laughs> setup so you still got my gopro i do i need to get that back do you actually need that for australia i think i'm suddenly thinking about it. it's a bit late now probably uh, isn't it probably but yeah oh well Okay. All right. Sorry <laughs> about that. Um, That's right. It's literally sat on my desk since then. I haven't haven't even haven't looked at it. So, um, yeah. So you had to venture from from the coast and drive drive to to the countryside to see me for that uh, at, at my house. Yeah, it was lovely. In a, in an undisclosed location in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and essentially we were 
discussing you know we, we we've recently i guess in the last 18 months to, to two years become um, more focused on how can you which kpis can you hang your hat on to effectively say i've made these pricing changes what has been the improvement because historically if we gone we've gone back more than two years ago we spoke you know pretty much exclusively in our in our content and also to customers and and prospects looking to looking to use black curve that that if you get your pricing right it improves your revenue and it improves your profitability now in theory that sounds great right you know can i identify all the all the products that I can increase the price, for example, and still sell the same amount of money. So therefore, if you're selling the same amount of products at a higher price, the difference between those two price points multiplied by how many times you sell them is effectively how much pricing has contributed to 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 the growth mm-hmm. and the the improvement in your financial position of your organization fantastic in theory okay <laughs> whereas in reality what we find is that is that um that the pricing manager then goes and talks to uh to to dave in marketing and says uh look i've done i've done this aren't i aren't i clever and dave in marketing suddenly says well, hang on a minute i've uh i've uh i did a load of marketing on on those products surely i i I, I, I contributed towards the success of those. But hang on a minute, Dave, you sold the same amount. So so how can marketing contribute? Ah, but if I didn't market, you wouldn't have sold them in the first place. And then, and then you know, Jane from procurement comes in, doesn't she, and says, uh, uh, well, hang on a minute, I purchased those better. I got the cost price of those products down. Surely, surely I should, I should be uh, the winner here. So you can see the kind of, you get into these, um, these, well, arguments, shall we say, over what is the, what's the the true benefit of of pricing and what is one of the KPIs you should hang your hat on and this are this this podcast episode for me was very much around sort of cementing our our thinking of the prior prior 6 months or so um and and effectively launching our product offering which was integrating black curve with your google ads platform because we've identified that as a data point you can very clearly see how where pricing and what when you've changed price what the influence that has had on your um on your share of impressions on your click-through rates and ultimately what that means is your your cost per acquisition so you know um i don't know if they if i if i i feel like i've i've i've, I've run away with myself there and got got excited but thing. I, i'm not needed it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think the um, from a product perspective, the thing for me is it's talking, um, it's starting talking about price as part of customer journey, uh, and how it fits in that entire life cycle from kind of first activation all the way through to purchase. Because um, I do, I agree with you. I think, well, unsurprisingly, I agree with you. But like a lot of the traditional for want of a better term enterprise level pricing theory is about like you say optimizing profitability and all the rest of it but i don't think pricing doesn't like pricing doesn't kind of invent demand there is like the market exists and it has an addressable value and pricing is one of the levers within it and then but it also hits the whole other set of factors like marketing spend cost per acquisition 
I mean, your cost price, profitability, all of that. So that, that kind of all bundles into one for me. So yeah, for, it's it was more about like buying journey and and pricing, thinking of pricing in that space, I think, and its impact on it. Yeah, and no, I guess as as my and we've 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 have touched upon it on on previous conversations that we've had uh, since since recording that podcast. But but I guess it's um it's opening up though the eyes of those individuals in an e-commerce company's organization responsible for pricing and making sure that they are constantly communicating with marketing and making sure that marketing is constantly communication with with pricing and and conversely other departments as well because the decisions that you're making inside pricing which sometimes is done in an isolated way and 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 also we're honest a lot of retailers are making it based on competitor decisions alone it's just by simply opening up that extra data point, you can really start to see, well, hang on a minute, how is my pricing impacting how much I'm having to spend to bid to get that to get that visibility and to get that clicks because because my competitive position is poor. Yeah. And I think actually uh, this is I've just had this thought, so it's a bit raw, but if we're if we're honest about it, when we started doing this, people weren't as digital. Or, or forced to be as digital as they are now. So that interconnectedness just wasn't as apparent. But post-pandemic, it's been a massive shift onto online. And online, for most SMBs, certainly ones we work with, is most of their business is driven by ad spend. So it's unsurprising that kind of pricing plays a key part in that and is at the centre of this kind of new digital way of well, e-commerce and digital way of selling. And and I think also it we we have progressed very much because I think when we actually record that recorded that video, um the marketing plugin was was actually uh you know you had to get a higher edition. You had to have a had to have a challenger or commander edition for in order to to get that. Well actually I think maybe it was an optional optional extra. Um but actually as we've as we've progressed this year now now the marketing plugins, your ability to connect inside the Google Ads ecosystem is very much part of Tracker and is, is a key differentiator for us from from our from our competitors. And it's an exceptionally powerful um, powerful insight that has really helped us gain gain traction in the marketplace. So um, so it's it's pretty it's pretty cool, pretty powerful. In a few clicks, uh, you can you can pull in all of your all of your ads data and and use that as a as a as a lever to start making making decisions off the back of it. In terms of the next episodes, we was uh, I mean clearly, what I don't know what quite happened here because um, we, we you, you came to visit me and then uh, we didn't record uh, a podcast for a few for a few months and then we never we never recorded a podcast in person again. So uh, clearly clearly we don't we we offended offended you just that, that walk in the countryside at lunchtime put you put you yeah, off. I hate, so. hate the countryside. <laughs> Which is not true, I know. So, um, so episode thirty-two was, um, and actually, we must have put you off because this was one I did on my own. I don't know why. I don't know what what happened at this this particular time. So, in June the sixth, sixteenth, I went to Glastonbury. Oh, that was it. You had a lot more fun at, at Glastonbury. So, episode thirty-two was entitled on June the sixteenth. Help! I have thousands of products. Where should I focus my pricing price decision making? And I guess. I should probably talk about this one because you weren't you weren't there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really, what this was what this was about was um, was just uh, essentially signposting a 
primarily people that for people that were maybe newer to using competitor insights or or those of you that have used competitor insights um, historically but just a bit of a refresh bit of a shaking a tree you've got a lot of data you're getting data every day showing you your price position showing you where your competitors price showing your relative price but but there's a lot of noise there so really um, this was going through the five five key checkpoints I guess of where you should cut through the noise which which data points you should ignore and which data points you should you should focus on so you know one of the data points we discussed that I don't think a lot of retailers use interestingly is how many competitors are actually selling that particular product they don't use that as a discrete data point okay because that in itself if you've if 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 you work out which products have lots of competitors selling selling your product and which products have fewer competitors selling selling products that in itself is a really interesting data point for you to decide well hang on a minute do i actually need to worry about the competition for this product can i potentially start to detach my decision making from the from the competition um, and you know so so it's just it's just looking at your data point in data points in a slightly slightly different way um, than than maybe maybe you would maybe you would have otherwise but um but i certainly learned my lesson that that recording solo is uh it's a lot more it's a lot more hard work so uh so, <laughs> so fast forward we did not we did not repeat that again um, <laughs> and in, in terms of episode 33 um the theme here which was in july was entitled winning the digital shelf um rob i don't know if you wanted to 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 summarize this one It would help if I took myself off mute, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, well, this this one for me was really, like, I think digital shelf has become a term that's widely, more and more widely used over the last, I want to say year, year and a half, maybe. Um, and really, it's it's taking that, for me, it's taking that image of, like, how you would present product in a store, what it would look like, what that customer experience is and then what that actually is is online um and where pricing sits is as a part of that i think the interesting thing from a pricing perspective is that it's not just i mean obviously as a retailer you want you want to be on the front of the shelf you want people to see see your product first like you want to present it in the best light when your image is to be good or the rest of it you need to be the right price. Okay, that's obvious, quote unquote, from naively. So to get back to what you're saying, only if people would look at their competitors and, and match that, whatever. But I think the other thing that's less obvious is where your position on the digital shelf, for want of a bad metaphor, is strongly also determined by your price because of how that plays into Google relevancy. So if we take Google, for example, when you're advertising or trying to get there organically, price is a key feature in their algorithms so if you're not priced competitively google will not think you're as relevant and therefore your position on that digital shelf will be worse so that that for me was really what what that kind of episode encapsulated like that pricing is actually and getting your pricing right is a key part of the digital shelf and and that's kind of what we try and help people to do yeah and i'm amazed at how many 
I've I've teased and tested out this this definition of digital shelf with um with a number of the customer calls I've been on, and I'm amazed at how many retailers don't actually think of their website as as a digital shelf. I mean, obviously, it's a digital representation of the shelf that you you walk into in a in a physical store, but um but a, a lot of the time when I talk to retailers, they're very specific about these are my competitors. I don't need to worry about anybody else. But what this episode really was doing was was opening up the eyes of, well, especially if you're in a niche industry, and even if you're not actually in a niche industry, people generally go into Google and put down what product they want. Even if they, you know, even if they know they've bought from you historically, by and large, they'll put into Google the product that they want to buy. And therefore, any competitor that, comes up inside Google Shopping or inside search related to that search term is a digital shelf that you're competing against and you've got to have visibility of that you've got to be you've got to be aware of aware of that and see how that and, and add that data point add those insights to your own decision making and and that that was also what this episode was touching upon was was I guess trying to challenge you on your preconceptions of what it means to be competitive and and also you know what it means to, essentially what it means to be competitive okay just go remove yeah, I mean, your that, gut that, <laughs> to your point that's the bit that like actually baffles me when pe- people take that um kind of oh but i know all my competitors there's these three people we've always yeah sure maybe even physical space but that, that just doesn't work on online and you really have to overcome that inherent bias in order to be competitive i mean there will be people that you can't compete with or don't need to worry with but it's um it's a just completely completely different business and you you may think that you're competing with three digital stores sorry three like bricks and mortar stores but there could be a guy just with a warehouse um shipping stuff out nose physical storefront and he's your or she is is your main competitor and because they're online only they're better at it and all the rest of it so yeah i think this one this episode in particular is actually really key uh in 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 that so go back and listen i really enjoyed that one actually that was uh i think that was that was if, if if I don't say so myself, I think that was one of our better ones. So, <laughs> uh, so back in August, uh, we seemed we were pretty good over the summer. I have to say, Rob, uh, we must have uh, we must have, we must have been enjoying the sunshine. Back in August the seventeenth, we recorded episode thirty four entitled "Pricing One Hundred One," and and this was actually one of our this is this is our top performing podcast. Okay, and because uh, basically it went back to basics, it distilled. You know, provided you with a checklist of if you're a black curve user, what you need to do, what what do you what do you have to get out, what what, what do you what should you be doing from a day to day perspective, um, and it was it was it was that was fun to do because we are uh, very much a product led organization. We let our product do the talking. You know, we're very much around try black curve for 14 days before you even have to provide a credit card, and and I guess this was this was the foundations of that of showing from day one day 30 day you know 12 months in two years in how you should be using black curve on a day-to-day basis to make sure that your your price position is is correct and and, and is the best position it should be yeah i mean i i think for me i bundled this one and the one after which is the top pricing rules for smb or something of that ilk 
together into one because these are like the if you don't listen to anything else listen to these two because these are the two fundamentals um a lot of th this one was very much around like understanding your pricing data getting set up for success and then the the second one is around like okay well i i'm doing either doing this manually or 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 just kind of looking how, how do i take action and uh, these these are the ones I like as a product guy, like you say. These are the ones I really care about because these are the this is where we actually provide value and make a difference. And this is our kind of collective, I don't know, decades of experience in in the space bottled up and and made into kind of a usable form. So um yeah, no, I'm pretty. I I would say I wouldn't. I would go back and listen to this one and the and the following one. Um, especially now that in Black Curve you can set all the pricing rules up yourself and kind of off to the races. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. So, you know, episode 34, Pricing 101, is, I guess, or is, is the introduction mainly focused around how you can make better use of the insights and then teasing teasing out right i've got the insights now 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 how do i take that further well the next stage is you need to automate the decision making off the back of your insights and that what that's what episode 35 recorded in um uh, september the 16th also also alludes to so it's entitled what are the best pricing rules for e-commerce smbs um we uh we, we 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 nicked pick of the pops theme tune we didn't get sued so that was good <laughs> that was good for that uh, um and we called it pick of the pricing and we had we had almost, almost like a, a top five pricing rules really um i mean the top three that um that, that a lot of people forget about but are actually exceedingly powerful are rounding rules so um, i'm still surprised and i look at look at websites today where people have got all sorts of funky pricing like 94 97 p you know even you know rounded up to a whole pound i mean you know guys get your round get your 99s in okay <laughs> so we, we see a ton of data um and and it's silly it's stupid but but we're, we're pro we've been programmed for decades now to to expect that and and pretty pretty pricing converts converts a hell of a lot better than the non-pretty pricing um the second the second um uh the top the top five was digital performance rules so we've we've touched upon that in an earlier podcast episode but the, the retailers that we see that are doing exceptionally well are actually dynamically changing their price based on the performance of their digital marketing so this is you know changing price based on share impressions based on click-through rates and so forth because then you can start to dynamically test out you know how much can i use price to then influence influence the click-throughs and ultimately the the, the adding of, of that product to, to basket and check out and and last but not least we've heard too many horror stories um from our from our competitors of um of customers waking up and uh of what what's happened to my pricing why am i selling this price below below cost so you know black curve has pricing safeguards built in you know from day one pretty much so you know you you, you, you i never want to receive a support help desk call of why have you priced this incorrectly so it's very much baked in and it's very much in our in our mantra and that's that's a key differentiator yeah, as well we care so much we put our own ones in 
is on top of your ones. Yes, yes. So if you if you forget for what whatever reason, we have our own sort of system wide catchalls that uh, that we won't price below cost price, or we just simply won't change the price and things like that. We've just we've just found that 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 that, that it makes it makes much much more sense. We 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 would rather that you be grumpy with us that we haven't made a price change than than we than we lose you money because um, that's not a phone call that that I ever want to ever want to receive. So. Um, so yeah, so go and go and take a look at episode. Listen to thirty four first, and listen, and then and then thirty five. Um, so episode thirty six uh, again recorded in September, September the twenty seventh was when it was published. Is entitled "Decision Intelligence Explained." Uh, so uh, I'm going to give you hospital pass. And can you remember what decision intelligence is, Rob? <laughs> uh, I'm not very intelligent, and I don't like making decisions, so that's probably not for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, no. You you ha- hammering it back in the tennis court across across the across no, no, the. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Um, I think honestly, decision intelligence is a pretty broad church. Um, but it's really about using data and AI to support human decision making. Um, which we feel like is kind of bread and bluff, bread and butter to what we do at Black Curve. Bread and butter to what we do at Black Curve. That is a tongue twister. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so for, so for us, it's providing the tooling to support e-commerce retailers in particular, but retailers in general make more informed decisions using price data and additional data, but so using price as a lever. That's really what it is for me. Um, I think that was quite a broad episode, actually, in terms of what it is. I mean, the way we do it at Black Curve is through a combination of analytics reporting and then automated decisions, um, all the way up to kind of tagging products and letting you know what we think you should be doing, Um, whether you need additional data, whether things of prices a headwind for your marketing spend or all that good stuff. So... Really, it's it's using price and pricing data, along with a load, whole lot of secondary stuff, to help you make better decisions. That's what it is for us at Black. And and I, th- I think the underlying theme it's 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 empowering the human decision. It's not mm. it's not an AI black box going off and doing it. It's using tools like Black Curve to do the complicated maths on your behalf, make the complicated recommendations that that. That us mere mortals, um, I'm talking me there, and not not you, Rob. That can't can't do can't do on a on a day to day basis, and then handing it to you on a plate and saying like like Black Curve does, and saying this is what you need. These are the decisions that we think you should make today based on the maths, based yeah, on your. You Go on. <laughs> I was going to say, if you ask me to do 500 price elasticity calculations a day, I might have my notes. Yeah, you so. might, you might not want to do that. But, <laughs> but basically, handing it to you on a plate, and then, and then you get to apply your own market knowledge on top of that. You know, uh, it, it may be that the computer doesn't know that 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 your MDs suddenly made some massive purchase of a particular product and and it and 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 you you've bought up all the all the stock that's available so therefore you know you don't necessarily have to make a price reduction in in that particular instance on and the price increase is what you want to make it's probably a bit of a silly example but but it, it it's enabling you that human supporting the human layer making decisions at scale really um episode 37 uh, was it, it was October seventeenth? I think this is probably one of one of my more favourite titles. Actually, it was uh, headless <laughs> pricing. Uh, I, I think it was a bit of a marketing buzzword, really, um, when when people talk about talk about headless pricing. But um, but effectively, this was about 
introducing um, Black Curves, I guess, enterprise offering, if you will. So we've got we've got standard offering, which is our tracker, challenger and commander products. Um, but we also have an enterprise offering, which offers you complete flexibility and, and, and complete flexibility in the sense that you can effectively use Black Curve as a as a pricing calculator in the sky and, and, and not actually have to log into our system. So you can connect with our platform, any any technology you can have, you can throw lots of different variables at, at Black Curve and we will then give you the resulting resulting price price back. I'll let Rob clarify that in a moment. I was just gonna <laughs> say just to be hyper pedantic, <laughs> uh, you still do need to authorize with our api but yeah i mean the we um our our ecosystem is also available via api which is sick and uh there is a video knocking about somewhere of where i built a little react app um to calculate for a given skew a whole range of stats and that's all using api calls to our back end so if you um if you kind of like what we do from a calculation perspective but have a more complex pipeline or want different want to do onward processing on the data or or whatever or just feel that like actually you need to hit black curve three times a minute rather than once every 12 hours which is more more standard for for what we offer in that kind of challenger kind of range yeah then this is this is for you it's it's really exciting i think it's we'll, we'll get onto it later but it's one of the things i'm kind of most excited about over the next year um where we go with this yeah and, and also we sometimes get requests from from customers who who have built out their own analytics suite right and they don't want to have to log into another system to to present the analytics this is another yeah. way that you can connect yeah. with us get the data out and then um and then publish all the data on i don't know tableau or, or, or something like that so it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah um, i mean if you're feeling really kinky you can even do it in an excel spreadsheet but having oh, said, a lot you said a dirty word now not, not in a good oh, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I when i when i originally founded black curve i wanted uh, i wanted um uh black curve to be a an excel killer for pricing so as in as in retailers would no longer be using excel but fast forward and i think i've um i i've learned that uh yeah, we that now provide the data in excel uh, format yes yeah. uh, amongst <laughs> other formats but but i think i'm not not quite going to get away get away from that quite yet uh so 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 you can ask me again in five years if I'm still if I've dropped that mantra, but I feel like I've I've parked it for the for the time being. Um, and uh, and and the last one was recorded uh, in on November, well published on November the tenth, and it was episode thirty eight entitled "The Best E-Commerce Software 2023 Edition." Uh, no surprises. What was number one? It was Black Curve, of course. Your your pricing, your pricing, <laughs> uh, uh, dynamic pricing automation um, provider, as well as your competitor pricing insights provider. Um, but we also spoke about a number of other uh, technologies that you should be looking to install and implement in 2023. I don't know, Rob. Was there any that? that you particularly resonated with you that you wanted to highlight for today? Um, yeah, good. You're testing my memory here for, for what, what we actually went through. I mean, the, the way I, I think I kind of cheated a bit and approached it slightly differently because I came at it kind of from um, a what, what, what are my 
fundamentals that I I should be looking at. Um, so I think things like Loyalty Lion, companies like that, uh, for me, were impactful. People targeting retention, uh, tracking, even down to like actually ease of use in terms of getting data in and out of your platform. So, um, no, I can't remember. I should have done a bit more prep for this episode, to be honest with you. I should have seen this one. Well, surely you got to mention the Shopify. Oh, yeah. Shop- well, it's, yeah. I don't like it anymore, do I? Because <laughs> they said computer said no so many times uh, before. Yeah, before. Me, and, me and Shopify's uh, love-hate relationship. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right, that's quite straight. So I, I think I focused heavily on Shopify on that because we, I was deep in the project at the time. But I would say that if I was spinning up a store tomorrow, I would probably use Shopify Plus and I would use the app store and just you can find solutions within it for basically everything you'd need. All the way from plugins for advertising in snapchat uh you said pinterest didn't you facebook all of that um loyalty programs uh discount subscriptions pricing um all that good stuff so yeah check it out i um oh, that was quite an interesting one for me actually because i like i like seeing what other people are up to and and kind of understanding the user journey and what's in, what's important and what's what's less so i think if i were just from personal experience and maybe we'll talk about this in a bit but like it's the delivery side of things at the minute isn't it that's where the challenges are <laughs> um, certainly well, well hold UK that listeners. thought hold that thought yeah. hold that thought um yeah i mean just just to recap on on this particular episode i mean i think uh, i should clearly uh be taking commission because one of my picks you know, literally about two weeks after I announced it, got purchased for a lot of money. So um, I, uh, I should. Oh, uh, who was that? Uh, reviews.io got bought, got bought out. Who um, by? Uh, that, that name's eluded me actually. I can't remember who who, who purchased them, but um, uh, but the found. I mean, the founders still hanging, still still hanging around. The founders still very much involved in in the new organisation, so to speak. And I I understand. I think that was a completely bootstrapped bootstrap company so uh so well done well done that that, hub. that man and, and team so um yeah and i guess i guess i mean just just the other big hitters you know, a lot a lot of you using google google shopping as you as you should do if you're not why not 83 uh, percent of retailers are spending pretty much 90 percent to 100 percent of their marketing budget on google shopping so it's kind of a it's kind of a must a must have uh for your for your organization um and also look at look at data feed management that was that was actually a bit of a passion project i think i spoke most about on that particular podcast about um uh, there's a company called intelligent reach that does uh feed optimization work and it's amazing how many people you know spend all this money on ads spend all this money you know, on, on various parts of their systems, on their front of house web shop and things, but actually don't don't ever look to optimize the data feed. And we, we see it when people plug their systems into Black Curve that that in their Google shopping feed they're missing brand name. You know, they're missing their product name is just so generic, right? So you get get these tools which help you to optimize your product feed because it's exactly like you do your SEO on a 
on a on a website or exactly why you you're writing blog content to to get the keywords right your data feed is used by google to characterize your projects products which gives you your relevancy uh, and and your relevancy determines when somebody searches that term do you appear or not so um so yeah so i think that was that was a really that was a really cool one um so i think just just in terms of as as we draw 2022 to uh, to a close um what what are your key thoughts for for pricing in 2023 let me get the year right what's your key thoughts for pricing in 2023 rob um i think that well i think pricing is an interesting it depends what you mean by pricing right so if we say total price of purchase i think delivery is going to be a key driver um so i think it price in some sense is going to be less relevant compared to actually whether you can get product to someone or not um so it might be to be competitive that you have to offset additional costs i mean the context for that in the uk is that i mean i sent my brother uh, currently everyone's on strike i sent my brother's birthday present mid-november and it still hasn't arrived stuck in a bristol sorting office so i think in the short to medium term people are going to be very very focused at that part of the supply chain we're moving into well moving into we're fully in a cost of living crisis uh, as well so i think price is going to be being price competitive um on key products is going to be super important because it i think i think price is going to be more significant than other determining factors or something than it has over the last few years such as i think people will care less about for example um loyalty to an individual merchant overpriced just because everyone is so money conscious at the minute so they, those are the the couple of kind of um i guess macro factors that i think are going to be impactful in the short term i think what that means certainly for larger scale organizations is that pricing will become a much more complex problem um and you have to kind of marry it up with your entire like Supply, like back of supply chain all the way through to like marketing spend and front of house and digital shelf and that's why i'm kind of like excited about this this headless offering we have in a sense because it lets you kind of build build that pricing calculation completely into your like into your pipeline because i think you're going to want to move if you're doing this at an enterprise level you're probably going to want to move the beyond our kind of base offering and pull in a whole host of other data to support it. Like, what's my lead time, for example? Like, when can I restock? When can I restock products? Um, what's the impact on marketing? What other things have I got going on? Um, so yeah, I think I think pricing is going to be front and center. Actually, I think which would be I think nice for us, Philip, because we've we took a back seat to supply chain for quite for quite some time and. If, I, if I'm honest, I think with everyone worried about spending price, it's going to be much more impactful and much more at the front of everyone's minds than it has been previously. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, that because your consumers are much more price conscious, your market position is is as critical as ever, uh, more critical than ever. It's probably the most critical it's, it's ever been. Um, and I think... The retailers that are going to come out on top are uh, next year are the ones that don't fall back into bad habits of just simply blindly following 
the competition for the sake of following it so you know one of the themes that that I that that you'll see from black curve next year is is very much around price intelligence so it's intelligent pricing decisions so it's which we've spoken about a lot historically you know blindly following stop blindly following competitors is one of the founding principles of of black curve but um you know it's like double denim it's it's come, it's come was it no it's double denim i don't know if double de- denim's ever been fashionable but you get you get my you get my idea that that it's kind of it's come it's come full if circle you're daniel cray you can do double denim you can do um, well he's a pretty cool guy uh, yeah that's what i mean <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a I do a double denim for everyone. <laughs> uh, but what I mean yeah. is that it's it's you the the retailers that will be successful in 2023 are the ones that understand the true meaning of of competitor pricing. So they understand when they need to follow the competition, but then they use the intelligence to get more out of the transaction of when think, when can um, they increase pricing and so forth. I think that's bang on actually. I think the um it's going to be so critical to understand what you need to be price competitive on and what you don't. Um, uh, because you're, I mean, everyone's worried, right? Consumers are worried. Then obviously merchants are worried because people won't be spending as much. And like, ever, we, we are moving into recession. Um, and, but there will be key goods that people will need and are price insensitive right that that is a fact and so you want to understand what those are and why people are buying those goods from you i mean this is a common mantra for us over the last three or four years but i think it's going to be particularly important now so you don't have to move on price for it so you can kind of stay strong on those and there will be ones where you have to to go down because to go back to the point we were talking about earlier about when we used to talk about profitability and revenue and um there's no point dropping price if you're not going to sell more units right um so the the flip side of the price sensitivity calculation that people don't really talk about is dropping price incorrectly so, so if you still sell 100 you've lost the delta right um and so that that i think optimizing around those bits and the uh, the other side of it as well is that like i think people are going to be busy um and the bit we don't talk about so much because it's less sexy but is that like especially in the smb space where people are stretched if you can just automate some of your pricing process not necessarily the intelligence bit because i still think you need a human for that but some of the manual stuff free a couple of hours up in your in your day you can apply that elsewhere you can be taking new products on you can manage more products if you've automated the system you're spreading your business risk um and i think that would be the other thing i'd be thinking about it's like how do i diversify how do i position for a downturn what does that mean in product selection and how does price support me in that because you need to know that a you can sell them sell the products you're taking profitably and and use automation the automation side of the software to kind of mean that 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 process of repricing or or whatever you're doing isn't taking up additional time. I mean, for context, and I, it's interesting. We have we work emergency sell hundreds of thousands of skis, right, and manage it all through automatic software like Black Black Curve. So it is this isn't like vaporware. This is very very possible. Um, so I, I would think again, 
we're moving into tough economic times. The Chancellor is very, in the UK, the Chancellor is very helpfully saying it's going to get worse. Um, so I would be thinking, how do I position for that downturn? What are my key products? Where do I need to be price competitive? Should I be diversifying my portfolio? How does pricing support me in that decision making? Well, I think we'll have to do a, a year, we'll have to do a fast forward next Christmas uh, and do a review of whether or not we were correct. I, I kind of hope we're not, or I'm not, because I'm quite doom and gloom at the minute. <laughs> <So> <laughs> really well, you clearly haven't read uh, read the paper the last couple of days because because uh, we've done. I think inflation's eased a bit, but uh, yeah, but, it's but a ten percent, Philip. But they've just they've just they've just they have actually still increased the uh, the base rate. But uh, but but anyway, we'll, we'll be talking next year, and the base rate will be twenty seven point five percent. Thankfully, my mortgage is not not up for a few years. So uh, but anyway, so I don't have one. So. Well, there we go. There we go. Uh, so thank you very much, Rob. It's been very enjoyable uh, on the podcast for the last last 12 months. Uh, I wish you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. You're off to sunnier, sunnier climes this Christmas. I'm yep. very jealous. Yeah, uh, if you want to talk about expensive stuff. <laughs> Australia, where I can't afford to buy anything. No, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have a sunny Christmas, which I've not done before. Um, so... I'm excited. You're going to be one of those I'm cool kind of kids on Bondi Beach on Christmas Day, are you? Yeah, I'm baffled. I'm trying to pack at the minute. I'm kind of surrounded by it. And it's all summer clothes and out my window is frost. It's very, it's, it's, a, it's like a cognitive dissonance I can't quite solve. <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as you land, the snow will be a distant, distant memory. Uh, well, thank you very much. This is E-Commerce Matters. We look forward to welcoming you next year in 2023. Take care.